I want a grappling hook on the front. I want a boost button right on the console. November 17, 2021. This is Rare Encounter, Encounter number 71. And blasting into the web from my resident cyber station, I'm Abel Kirby. And burning down the house, I'm Cold Acid. Burning down the house, woo! Exactly what I was going for, to be honest. Oh, man. I like that drum fill they do in uh, the live version, where it's just, I think it's like 70 16th notes in, in, in a row. It's like he just hits the drum over and over. It never stops. He does a fill. It's like 10 measures long. He just hits it. It's great. What's his name? The, the only time I've ever heard the a live version of it has been on the No Agenda pre-show. <laughs> really? Really? They've been some good, uh, yeah, good really. live recordings. You know, my dad, uh, when I was a wee lad, made me sit down and watch a, a bunch of Talking Heads shit live. This is his favorite band. Nice. Yeah. That's what I got for an education, man. That and, um, what was the other videos he made me watch, uh, YouTube stuff for, uh, musicians, uh, I can't remember now. He was really into these Hall & Oates, uh, it was like Daryl Hall's barn or something where he hangs out in his barn. <laughs> now, so he, he trained you young to be a musician. Yeah, in other words. well, you know, quote, musician. Uh, he had the, uh, the scam he pulled was he wanted someone to, like, play chords where he, so he could play lead. And so he just trying to get all his kids into music just, just so he could have someone, you know, back him. So that was the scam. Unfortunately, it worked to some extent. Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't end up with his master plan of being the new Trap family. <laughs> no. The Von Trap family. The hills are alive with the sound of rock and roll. That's what, that's what it would have been. <laughs> You know, that was the stuff that I had to learn. Uh, he would bring the chord sheets and it was like the zombies, you know, uh, no one told me about her, that kind of stuff. Or uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash, that was a big one. You know, Commodores? That's, that's all the, no, I didn't didn't learn any Commodores. But I had to like learn the chords oh. for it and follow along. So no, no, no brick house then, huh? No. Like Secret Agent Man played that a lot. Good stuff. Anyway, yeah, good stuff. I had my uh, my Coors Banquet. I popped open at the beginning here. Oh, you popped it early. Oh, I guess I'll have to pop my drink. Oh, I I popped it. It's stealthily on the show. Ah. And what was that? Non. I got Haritos. Lime Haritos today. Haritos. Yeah, Haritos. You know, when I was picking up the Coors, I, I really don't drink a lot of Coors, but I've been grabbing it out of the supermarket here. I noticed it's the only beer that makes a claim that it's, it says 100% Rocky Mountain water on it. And if you look at it from the right angle, it looks like it's advertising that it's just water. <laughs> well, Which, it's beer. Yeah, it's close, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So how you been doing? How's life? Oh, not too bad. Incarnate our land. Not too we bad. had snow. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, we had snow already around here. You know, there's a little there's a little dusting of it yesterday morning when I woke up. It was gone by noon. Yeah, we had some on Sunday. Sunday morning we got some and uh then it went away. Sunday afternoon it went away. But yeah, it's kind of weird to think that 
Yo, we really, you're just across the lake from me, huh? I mean, it's a little more than that. I'm but... across a couple, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm across a uh, lake and probably... some. A lake in a corner of a lake. Keep in, keep in mind, like, for, first of all, first of all, it'd be like going down the long axis of Lake Erie. Yeah. Right? Which is Halfway long. through, and then, and then through part of Lake Ontario the same way. Hey, the Blue Nose did it. When they went to the Chicago, Chicago World's Fair in Chicago, they went. Okay. They, yeah, they uh, they took that boat all the way over and they put it on, um, you know, a dock in Lake Michigan. It, it was a big deal. There's uh, newspaper articles about it. How come you didn't know that? Wait a minute. That's Canadian trivia. All I know about the Blue Nose is that it's on our dimes. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool story, man. All I know about the Blue Nose is from the song uh, Stan Rogers sings about it. So so all I know it was made in, uh, in uh, was it Halifax? I think it was Halifax or Dartmouth. It was made up one, in one of those. And it was a racing boat. That was the... Yes, it was a racing boat. That was the deal. But it wasn't just a racing boat. The class that they raced in, you had to be in a working fishing boat. You couldn't make a boat that was just as fast as it as possible. It was, you had to have a boat that would actually do stuff, you know, most of the months out of the year, and then they'd do a meet, and then the working boats would race each other, and that's what they would win, and that's what they were really good at. The uh, Cool. Other boats were faster, but, you know, they couldn't do anything else. You know, it was actually a working boat. It's kind of like a lawnmower race, if you think about it like that. Huh. <laughs> I, I just pulled open the Wikipedia article. Apparently, it was built in 1921. By the Ruland, was it the Ruland uh, men? Is Smith it? and Ruland, Ruland, yes. yeah, built by the Ruland men. You see, you know how I know that? Stan Rogers wrote it in his song. And it was built in Lunenburg. Lunenburg. Or it was registered in Lunenburg. Hmm. Okay, sure. Yeah. I don't know where Lunenburg is, so I can't comment Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia, yeah, it was, uh, so Halifax-ish, somewhere over there, Dartmouth-Halifax. I'm pretty sure the people of Nova Scotia would be kind of pissed off if you just rubbed it all off like that. Well, I mean, they're right next to each other. It's across a bridge. I'd have... still be pissed off. I have done a virtual bus tour of Halifax and Dartmouth, okay, and I've seen the cars drive across the bridge. They just drive across the bridge, man. No need to yeah, be but pissy. we're talking about Lunenburg. Where, where's Lunenburg? I, I don't know. We're not talking we're... about Halifax and Dartmouth. Where's, where's Lunenburg? I said I don't know where it was. It's near there. It's So it's near there. Okay. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a suburb of Halifax? I don't know. you got to give me something here. No, it's not know, a Lunenburg. suburb of Halifax. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. I'm looking at a map. It's uh, it's down the coast. No, it's not Halifax, yeah. but it's around there. Oh, yeah, there's the it's Nat, near Nat Ruland House. I wonder if that's the guy who uh, was the shipmaker. Yeah, da -da 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 -da. you just drive down the highway for for like forty minutes by the look of things hmm. from Halifax. Cool. Wow, how do yeah. we how do we down get on? to down past Mahone Bay? How do we get on Canadian shipmakers? <laughs> I oh. blame you. Oh, oh, the Blue Nose. Yeah, the Blue Nose was the uh, the boat that's on the Canadian dime, and I 
we would always get Canadian dimes in New Hampshire and Canadian nickels sometimes too. And, you know, we would spend them just as well as regular dimes uh, in the 90s. And I remember sometime in 2002 or three, I tried to buy something and the, the cashier rejected it. They said, oh, I can't take that. It's Canadian dimes. Well, I mean, I took it for change, you know. It was all downhill yeah, from there. <clears throat> it used to spend just as well as an American dime. I can tell you, like, anything less than a quarter tends to, tends to be treated for face value here and generally along the, along the border. Yeah, someone got pissy. Someone got pissy in a store. Oh, well. Yeah, you, you, you encountered a Karen at the checkout. Yeah, Karen at the checkout. Well, speaking of... Uh... Apparently, via Serpent, Google... Yeah, Gulag Maps says it's a one-hour, 11-minute drive from Lunenburg to Halifax. So I was only off by about half an hour. I gotta get the chat open there. Yeah, who we got in chat today? We got Serpent, we got Servo, we got... Oh, Cold Acid's in chat, too, posting pictures. Uh, Sharky, Sir Spencer... I haven't Cotton been posting pictures. Oh, no, I oh, posted... posted uh, I posted someone's post. You posted a post post. I did indeed. And who am I missing, Sharky? Midas, yo! What's up, nerds? That's all I gotta say. What's up, nerds? Yeah! It's <laughs> a great catchphrase. I don't know. Some of that one cut on. It is. Yeah. Well, we get some great show stuff today. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I'm going down my rundown. I don't think we have an executive producer today. Uh, unfortunately, we do not have an executive producer. Nobody donated in time. For tonight's show. Oh. Well, you know, but there's sometimes you gotta donate to yourself. Hand, yeah. Sometimes you gotta go behind the woodshed and send yourself ten bucks in PayPal. And just make it Yeah, I, I recall somebody did that on on one of their shows. You just gotta have a you moment, you know what I mean? Tonight I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna light the candles, okay? I'm gonna get lock the turn off all the phones, and I'm gonna PayPal myself. Giggity. Ah, Giggity. <laughs> okay, so on the other hand, this should be our last week without streaming sats. Oh, yeah! Yay. So what's the status of the node? Bowl after bowl. 95 point something percent bowl after, at this point. Bowl after bowl, Sir Spencer said it was the most exciting thing he was, he was looking forward to. By the way, my node finishing its sink. Yeah, because he he's uh, he's got ants in his pants for this next ring of fire. The ring of fire. Yeah, the uh, the whole situation is really fun, and I can't wait. I want to. I want that pub key, dog. I want the pub key, and I want the tour address. If you're using tour, uh, I do so believe I will be configuring tour. Yeah, it's on by default if you use the the same image that I got. Which is nice. It, it um, just comes up and there's no configuration. It just, it's just on and it just works. And you don't have no, to I do grabbed anything. the I grabbed the most recent Raspy Blitz. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me that that Tor is on by default and no configuration is needed? Because I believe it was saying that Tor is one of the things you actually have to switch on. Well, this is kind of weird. Um, Tor was one... That was on by default for me, but other people, I guess it wasn't. The thing that I had to turn on was key send, uh, key send messages. 
and other people had it on by default too. So somewhere they've been tinkering with the settings, depending on when you got the image. I They're guess. doing A B testing with the images. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, or there, or there's just someone flipping that bit around and uh, arguing over. Well, what that's the right way to that's do it essentially is. A B testing, right? It's some people get one version of something, and other people get a different one. Yep. Two features you need, though. You want Tor is good. You want that one on, and you also want Key Send enabled. Key Send is what's required to do podcasting 2.0. So. Yep. I know that. I, that's going to probably be the first thing I do is enable Key Send. Yeah. Well, while I'm waiting for that, I've been hanging out in Columbus a little more and uh, and uh, looking out, just watching the news in the morning because I have the continental breakfast at the hotel, and I saw the. Uh, the commercial came on between news stories one morning. I'm getting my, you know, uh, powdered eggs and uh, bad coffee, which is what they serve. And hey, you know, hey, I'll I'll have you know that powdered eggs and bad coffee is a perfectly fine meal for somebody who's an NCO or private in the military. Oh, okay. the The commercial I saw was Mr. Mark Mark Wahlberg, Mocky Muck. And you know what he's doing in Columbus? Selling cars. Selling cars. He, I sent you this link. He opens his fourth dealership. So I've been asking around, what the hell is going on? Apparently, a couple of years ago, he just decided he was going to open a bunch of car dealerships or buy existing car dealerships. And uh, he's been doing it ever since. So I, I guess he hangs out in town somewhere. You can go buy a car from Marky Mark if you want. But you you would think that he'd be buying them all over the place, apparently. At least what I got off the what I got off the headline is that all of his car dealerships are there in Columbus, yeah. or at least four of them. I think all of them are here. He has other businesses, like he has in Vegas. They've got the Mark Wahlberger Burger Stand. I, I walked. Yeah, it, they got you know? Wahlburgers up here in Canada too. The only place I saw it was the Vegas Strip, and it looked too. <laughs> I wasn't interested. I walked by it, but yeah, actor Mark Wahlberg's doing the. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. He's he's gonna sell me a car, but it also reminded me of a story. I guess I got to be careful uh, if I buy a car from Marky Mark. There was a Consumer Reports story that I don't think we ran, but I brought in. I put in my notes once about car financing some time ago. Uh, it was. I a, think that's not just a thing for for buying from. Mark Wahlberg, but from any dealership. Yeah, it was a. I, w- I was lucky when I got my Rogue. When I got my Rogue, I paid cash, straight up cash. Oh yeah. Of course, I was buying it. I was buying it used, and I got a nice deal on it. I only paid uh, seventeen thousand for it, mm-hmm. and and it was only five years old. I got my car, my car of undisclosed make and model, uh, new eleven years ago, and I paid it off, and I haven't had a car payment since, and I'm never gonna have a car payment again. If I do, uh, if I do everything right here, so I'd yeah. So long I, up here, if you get it, if you get a car to last more than twenty years, it becomes vintage, and you no longer have to deal with all the environmental bullshit either. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna work on running that until uh, I'm either gonna run it completely into the ground until it cannot drive, or uh, and or I'm gonna replace it with a used car. I'm not buying a new car, not now, not ever really gonna have to put out something super kick-ass like something that really surprises me with how innovative or special it is 
but I do not think any existing motor company could impress me right now. So I, I don't think that I'll ever buy a, a new car. I think I'm going to go with I some have no used, problem, used thing, yeah. you know? I have no problem buying used cars. It's just that it's got to be something that will that will take the beating I'm going to give it. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, with, the, with, the sort of, with the sort of places I drive to and through, I mean, it's got to be a bit of a beast to start with. There's no way I'm ever going to own a sports car or, like, uh, for, like your basic two- or four-door car. Yeah, you need the open street maps mobile. I like, I need yeah I need like a Jurassic I need like, Park uh, Jeep. <laughs> I need like a four x four SUV or I need like a fucking uh, pickup truck. You know, yeah, something something that I can throw big knobby tires on and go off roading with. Uh, you know, even the pickup trucks fucking suck. There's no, they're all SUVs with tiny little short beds with like half size beds so they could put four doors on it. It's bullshit. You're not looking I in the right places then. Well, you know, I've, I've seen I've seen I and I have been in uh full-size king cab trucks like with the full-size uh full-size back and everything and just and can still sit five or six people inside the cab. Yeah, see, I don't want a truck that you fit, sit your family in. I want a truck where there's like one and a half seats and it's manual, you know, with a, with a bunch of weird mechanical controls that do weird things, you know, like uh, move plows around and all that kind of junk. That's the kind of truck I want. With a witch. I want, I want an a, SUV that you can put a snow plow on. I want a, an SUV. I want a grappling hook on the front. I want a boost button right on the console so it can boost. Boost. Boost me, baby. <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, having 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 the ability to put on a winch on the front or back, that would be nice too. Yeah. That would also that also would have possibly saved me when I got stuck in that rut. Oh yeah. If you had the winch, now what would you attach it to? I guess a tree maybe. Yeah, I would have had to I would have had to drag it out to a big tree in the area. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool though. You gotta get those. I'd only have to. I would have only had to drag it a couple of feet, right? Just enough to get it off that rock that I got wedged on. Yeah. I do have an entrenching tool now in the back of the in the back of the rogue. Oh. So next time I get stuck on a rock like that, I will be able to dig it out myself and not have to pay for a tow truck to get me off of it. Oh boy. I hate. The only I... thing that's going to be getting off now is me. There we go. Wait a minute. Sir Bemrose says that I secretly lust after a brand new Tesla. I don't think so, Mr. Bemrose. Uh, I've been in some of these Teslas, and they're kind of cool, sort of. But overall, it's not a great experience. I was not impressed. Even with the big glass console, you know, it was, uh, I don't know, left a lot to be desired. You know, I want the levers. Tesla wants to be Tesla wants to be the BMW of electrics. If they, I think, is what it is. If they had a where Tesla. where when everybody's driving an electric, the people driving Teslas are going to be the one that everybody hates because they're going to be the ones that drive like complete retards and act like they own the highways. You know, just like BMW drivers now. If they had a Tesla with like Nixie tubes and some other weird shit, you know, I'd be into that. 
but not the way they're made now. In Fuck yeah, Nixie tubes on the dash. On the dash. That would be cool. No oh. matter no matter who made it. If you had like everything's lit up with Nixie tubes in in the vehicle, that would be fucking sweet. Yeah. And they have to be the real ones too, not these fake ones where they they make the refresh not the refresh rate, but you know the um the rise time on them slow. This is a complaint. Hey, can I make a complaint? They make these new Nixie tubes. Yeah, with no, a they shit have to be. They have to be time. the proper. They have to be the proper Nixie tubes, they, the old-fashioned ones, where you don't, you won't need heaters in your car in the winter time. No, no, they make them so they kind of blur together, you know, because they want it. They want it to have like a steampunky effect, and so they make them. They make them slow on purpose for uh, aesthetics. No, you don't want that. You want a real Nixie tube. Take that shit away. It's no good. Anyway, how about pixie tubes? Pixie tubes with Tinkerbell inside a yeah. inside a jar. Yeah, hanging out with uh, Rapidash. What's the uh, horse called? Uh, ah, what's the pony called? Yeah, you, sti- uh, you stick, you stick a mind. fairy in a jar and you pass electricity through it. There you go. You, you have a pixie tube. But ask him nicely first. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Uh, hold on, I got a proper one for that. <laughs> uh, Rainbow Dash, Servo knows Rainbow Dash. I think Servo has uh, something to tell. <laughs> Some secret he's holding. I think he might be a brony. Yeah, Servo's a brony. Oh, Confirmed. Man. Well, speaking he, know, of, he knows his ponies. Speaking of uh, Sir Bemrose, he had his angry Tech News 11th episode came out, Weed Zombie. Did he always have episode titles? I think so. I didn't notice. But the uh, one of the stories inside it, he has this iPhone USB-C charger uh, that got uh, sold for, what was it, like 60 times <laughs> its value or something like that? It's an iPhone with a USB-C instead of that light, stupid lightning plug. Did you hear that story? No. No, okay. But you uh, know what? I I like it. I like it already. So someone uh, an iPhone. Well, I mean, I hate iPhones, but the idea of them actually having like a proper connector instead of that instead of that like proprietary fucking yeah. bullshit Apple connector, that just gives me the warm fucking fuzzies, man. So someone bought some iPhones and they opened them up and they took that old the the proprietary connector off. They put a USB-C connector on. And they got it flashed up and working with the with the uh, the firmware on it and everything. So it, so it works. So you can plug it in and it charges. And you plug it in and you can do, I suppose, data. I don't know what the the details are. If Sir Bemrose brought it up on the show, I didn't. Uh, I, I forgot. the uh, The bottom line is he put the first one up on eBay and uh, sold it for a shitload of money, way more than it was worth. And that's how I made the news. Eighty six thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. That was an angry tech. Pay news. attention, Tim Apple. This is what the people fucking want. Yeah. Oh my God. I I have now had a iPhone for seven days, maybe eight days. I'm not impressed, dog. No, they're they're not something to be impressed about. The, the whole thing. Uh, so I've been uninstalling about an app a day. Everything wants your fucking attention. It's like, hey, look, here's uh, some stupid thing that's going to blink at you. It's, by default, it gets every single amber alert and shit and piss. For, oh, someone down the road, you know, had a fart. And you get an alert for it. And Oh, I got an, that reminds me. I got an alert today. An alert to tell me that nothing was wrong. 
They were testing the emergency broadcast system, and that includes my cell phone, despite being a cheapo little flip phone. The fact that it runs Android in the first place meant that it had to just annoy the fuck out of me while I was trying to watch Rakeda Law during my lunch break. Yeah. Um, Graphene OS, I believe, has a way to turn all those off. And it's, a, it's an exciting part of Graphene OS that you can just stop them from sending you unsolicited spam from governments that don't care about you. Uh, and anyway. No Amber Alerts, no emergency broadcast, none of that shit. It's always like the, the, uh, the, the father took the kid on the day he wasn't supposed to and they called the police, you know. It's always something like that and they called it an abduction. It's all, or, yeah. uh, you know, uh, mom can't pick the kid up from school, but she wasn't supposed to because there's a court order for the next week until they have a hearing or something. So it's, it's always something like that. And I, I won't say always, but it's like more often than not, not worth your attention, not worth the alarm that they put behind it. So yeah. anyway, what am I going to do? Look out my window in my hotel and see, and see if there's a 2007 silver Bronco, you know, uh, with, uh, Utah plates rolling by, I, I don't know. I'm not a fan. Utah is the is the new spook state, from what I hear. Well, they've always had some spooky stuff there. Big but data I mean, center, like, big data center. Yeah, but I mean, like, apparently, from what I can tell, the uh, the Mormons are like hands in hand with uh, CIA types. Mm. Yeah, I always. Well, I don't know. I've always been. Yeah, a fan I don't. Of the I don't want to paint. I don't want to paint all of them as like as like some religion of spies or something. But oh, I will. There, but... there's definitely there's definitely reasons beyond just the big empty space for why uh, the NSA chose to put that big data center there. There are plenty of other states that are big, flat, and dry that they could have put it in, and they chose Utah. No, I will, but I, they're called Catholics in action, not Mormons in action. Because you need someone with one of these big forgiveness complexes. You know, you need basically uh, a Catholic. <laughs> oh, this, okay, this is I, I, I misspoke when I said CIA. <laughs> I meant NSA. I was going to rail on Catholics for a second here. Okay, yeah, I'll take that back. The um, Back to the confessional with the smoking gun in hand. No, okay, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, let, let's let's leave it there before before we get like excommunicated or something. Yes, indeed. All right, what else do we have for podcasts? I got a couple notes here. In Hog Story uh, two thirty six, how Car- Carino? I don't know how you're supposed to say that. It was one of those typos from their uh, transcribing. Carino, the voicemails. How yeah. Carino? It's kind of like Al Camino, but it's how Carino. Uh, and I didn't hear that episode, so I, I don't know the context, but I did listen to the one that Lorian was on. Damn dull Lorian, uh, was on, uh, 235. Accident Foot. And that was a hell of Accident an appearance. Foot. That is a good name. That was a great one. Uh, and I could not tell that she was smashed. I'm just going to put that out there. I didn't, I did not know. I couldn't she tell was... either. She was smashed. Uh, a Apparently, she drank all of Spencer's uh, uh, booze, uh, so the story goes. But neither here nor there. She claims she only drank one glass of it. <laughs> yeah, one tall glass of... What was <laughs> okay. It? Like Blanters, it, it, I can't remember what it was. 
Yeah, I did. I do remember hearing hearing Spencer complain about that on Bowl After Bowl last. Yeah, night. yeah, it was on Bowl After Bowl episode one fourteen. He uh, was also he was also happy to report that he was finally able to do no other episode of Able Cast with you. Able Craft, get the name right. Able Craft, yes. Jeez, yeah, we've got a lot going on. the The big deal is the release date is Christmas Eve. My Christmas gift to me is that Rain or Shine is going to be out there, and all I have to do is get some. The number of tracks in the album is going to depend on how much we get done before that. There's definitely one, two, three, four, five, or six. I don't know, depending on how you count that are going to be in there, and I'm trying to get some other stuff. Like, literally, one of the songs hasn't been written yet, so like, uh, what are we, what the fuck are we going to do with this one? So it may be an instrumental. We'll find out. Stay tuned. Tune in on Christmas Eve. Tune in on Christmas Eve. You'll find out what it sounds like. Uh, But, (laughs) yeah, I have to to really get back with uh, Sir Spencer, hopefully Thursday or Friday. I'm not sure yet, but we'll... uh, I don't think it's going to be Thursday because he's supposed to be on Hog Story tomorrow night. No, it won't be on Thursday then, so it must be on Friday. Yeah, that's usually when we record. I'm so messed up, I don't even know what day we podcast on. Well, we podcast on Wednesdays. Oh, is that what day it is? Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, And that was all my podcast rundowns. I think coming up next week, we're going to have Abs in a Six-Pack, Sir, 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 Seat Sitter. We'll be doing mm-hmm. what, whatever we're gonna do. I don't know what the what we're actually gonna do. Are we interviewing? We're gonna him have him is, on. Is he gonna interview us, or what? It's gonna. We're be going a, to interview each other. <laughs> it's so he's gonna record abs in a six pack at the same time. We're gonna record rare encounter, and uh, somehow we have to. It's going to be fun, okay? So just tune in, and you'll be as confused as the rest of us, but it'll be fun either way. So, Scabs and a dick Woo! pick. Scabs and a dick pick is what I told Gabs you. Scabs and a dick pick. Oh, boy. And I... yes, yes, we will be doing what the Ghostbusters say not to do, <laughs> crossing <laughs> the streams. I got to get some clips for... Oh, man. Uh, I need to get play out before we do that. Fuck. We'll see. It's going to be a race... But I, I've got some material to bring. Well, All right. Well, I got some material to bring, too, for tonight. Yeah, hit me with some material. <laughs> yeah, so you saw that picture that I posted, and you commented about it in the Snake Girl Semaphore before the show tonight. Oh, the silicon or silicone? Co- it's a the cone. silicon. Of, it's a cone of silicon. It, yeah, well, yes, it is a cone. It is not, it is not a uh, cylinder. Hmm. But anyway, this guy wrote up how to make a CPU as a as like a a series of pictures with directions. Okay. It starts off fairly simple with get a rock, smash the rock. Okay, where's the Gorn shown up? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just but yeah, I'll, first I'll you get rocks and you smash them up so that you have 98% concentrated silicon dioxide, which you then purify to 99.9 pure. Okay. And then purify it further to 99.9999999% polysilicon metal. Okay. Put these ingots into a crucible, 
and he hit to almost 1700 Kelvin. Warning, do not attempt melting silicon at 1698 degrees Kelvin in your kitchen home oven. No. Very good advice. No. Also, make sure that they're dry before you heat them up, too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you go through this process to and take seed monocrystal to build a giant uh, crystal of pure silicon that you then cut into thin slices. And like the picture shows, he was cutting it with a butter knife. The old Konakon. I like so it. With these with these silicon wafers, we dope them. You oh. put photoresist on them. Take a chromium etched photolithographic quartz mask with your desired circuit pattern and shine <laughs> a laser beam through it to project the circuit pattern onto the wafer. Oh, wait a minute. How do I make the laser? I need gain. Yeah, I need that, gain that's, medium. Uh, that's a. I need an electron pump. What creating, are you creating the photo mask and creating the laser are left as an exercise to the reader. Okay, I understand. D you're definitely not actually going to do this at home because I mean it's it's you need a clean room properly. You need a clean room environment. You've got all these. Uh, hazardous chemicals both going in and out of the process as you go along. And, I mean, to do to do the finishing parts, like slicing up the slicing up the wafer into the individual dies and connecting the chips into their packages is not something you're going to be doing even with, like, a magnifying glass and a pair of tweezers. Yeah. I like this but guy. But it's still it's still pretty interesting the process going through it. I don't think this guy actually made working chips mm -hmm. at home despite despite the pictures. I think most of this is actually like sort of tongue in cheek kind of thing. Oh yeah. I I even question actually slicing the wafers uh out of the out of the silicon cone with a butter knife. Yeah. It's, um, that does not seem that does not actually seem like something that would be done. It's kind of a silly premise too, because you don't need to do all these all these things to make a CPU. What he's talking about is making a integrated circuit that has the parts of a CPU inside it, which you don't need to make a computer. You can make a computer out of all kinds of tangible things that uh, you don't need a microscope and, and lithography to do. And remember that computers yeah, were I mean, invented before lithography, before the microchip lithography shit was invented. So yeah, there's your answer. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all you need, all you need to do is, is know, know a glass blower, know some people that are good with fine pieces of metal, get a vacuum pump, you know, like make yourself some vacuum tubes and wire those all together. Oh yeah. Or you could do transistor-transistor logic, where you've just got a whole bunch of discrete transistors that you wire together. Yep, you can All do... All sorts of different ways to build a computer. If you can do one diode, just a, a normal PN junction, I think that's what we needed. Maybe, no, maybe you did need a transistor. I think you did need a transistor. To do... Um, name, I do know there is diode transistor logic. I'm trying to read because I took a microprocessors course, and one of the things we did as an exercise was we built a computer from discrete components. And I'm trying to remember what the minimum bullshit you needed to 
to make uh, the adder work, to make, you know, the, uh, you know, what's it called? The, the part that, that does the, the arithmetic logic unit. Like to, to yeah, do the ALU to do that binary adders a- that includes uh, that includes shifts and logic. all that stuff, you know. Yeah, I think you did need a uh, transistor for the most for, for the most part. Yeah, I I think you have to either use vacuum tubes or transistors or something else that acts that acts the same way. Yep. Right is able to stop or let through power based on. Uh, based on a signal from another line. Right, and that could be a differential clutch inside an analog computer. It need not be it electric. It could be. So, or, yeah, uh, it doesn't uh, even sorry. have to be electric. That's very true. A, a friction-based uh, clutch, I think, is what, not differential. Yeah, that's something else. Anyway. However, they work a lot, they work a lot faster if you're using uh, miniaturized transistors Whoa, on silicon. Well, I'm going to argue with you there, because... Analog computers and optical computers are computers of tremendous throughput, actually more throughput than any digital computer, as long as the problem they're solving is exactly the right one. You can't take a computer and outperform a lens at forming, uh, forming an image. As long as the only thing you do is form an image, the, the lens always wins because it moves faster, it moves at the speed of light, you know. Then, if you were trying to sample light coming in and compute what it would be later, it's always going to be faster. To okay, use if you're if you're doing photonic computing, sure, that would be that would be faster. Well, well, but also things okay. like if I if I had a fire control computer, as long as I'm only doing like one thing, like measuring the position of something and outputting the position of something else, um, you can get latencies that are near instant with uh, the right kind of analog hardware. Where if it was on a computer, you kind of yeah, but nobody nobody really thinks of of those sort of fire control computers as as computers as we know them today. Bullshit, I do. And the same things go on. One person does the same technology. The same systems go inside uh, modern computers, servo control computers, which are inside all things, including your stupid Tesla Roadster. People think I'm so horny for. Anyway, and, and moving so on. Yeah, moving on just to just to shut you up about this. <laughs> here's something else that I came across thank, thanks to people on Hacker News when I found that when I found that article about how to make a computer, somebody posted the NAND game. The NAND game. The NAND game. The game of NANDs. NAND NAND NAND. Essentially, essentially you build a computer from Basic uh, basic relays. Yes. Woohoo! So you drag the you drag the components in. You have to you have to figure out how to wire them all up to provide the output that's desired. So it start it starts you off with two inputs, two binary inputs, power, and you have you have an infinite number of default on and default off relays to wire up to the output. I'm sorry, okay. I was muted for a second. Hey? I'll mute myself again. Why are you muting yourself? Oh, because I was was interrupting you. But I was muted, so you couldn't hear me. But anyway, yeah, the whole idea is that you start there, and there's multiple levels, so you start off 
you start off essentially doing an end gate out of these relays. And eventually you build up to a complete computer with a CPU input yeah. and output. This is um, a practical application of De Morgan's theorem, if I'm remembering my terminology. Because you can take... I think a NAND is a special case because a NAND gate you can turn into an inverter because it's it's an AND gate with an inverter on the front. And with that, you can make NOR gates and OR gates and inverters and every other kind of logic gate possible. Um, you can make by substituting, you know, whatever logic that you want to happen, you can find the NAND kind of uh, implementation of that. So yeah, you could you should be able to make anything with uh, with one of these NAND systems. Yeah, cool shit. Wait, is there? Well, a link? I mean, essentially, essentially. Oh, I see. Essentially, yeah. almost all all logic can be reduced down to a set of either NAND or NOR gates. Mm. NOR. And in fact, that's how that's how a lot of these solid state memory devices work. A lot of NANDs. Yeah, a lot of NANDs. So anyway, let's move over to you. You've got some potato news to bring to the table. Oh yeah, I was going to bring some potato news, and I can't believe that No Agenda... Did I complain about this last week? No Agenda did a potato story. They did the agriculture uh -huh. story? Oh, come on. Agriculture... Agriculture conspiracy theory. Yeah, well, we don't have that here. We just have agricultural fact. And I wanted to bring a story from Interpom, which is happening in Belgium. And Interpom, as you know, is the upcoming, I couldn't remember the name last time, but is the upcoming potato harvesting uh, equipment festival. And it's uh, coming up at the end of the month. The, awesome. The thing that I wanted to bring to the show about this there's some details about where it's held and who's showing it, but in the article that I sent you right before the show, I'm going to post it in the Rare Encounter room. I'll, I suppose I'll put it in the No Agenda room in case there's anyone there who wants to see it too. The thing that I, I thought was the most Rare Encounter of this show is there's two lists in here, and it says the 26 selected innovations that they're going to feature there, and they have the um, the different stand numbers. It just has what's essentially a list of Potato processing equipment, and I thought some of these names were kind of fun, and some of the processes that they, like, one of them is called the RMA RoboFry, from RMA nice. Technologies. If you're looking, if you're, if you're at um, Interpom, you can look at stand 517 and see this, and it's a robot sort of thing that, out in the field... You can check the potato for what its fried up color in and uh, taste is basically right after you pick it. So you can bring this thing out and sample sample the potatoes and see if they're good or not. It's for the nice. field infection uh, infection. <laughs> the field inspection, inspection of potatoes. And it's it's a it's an automated fryolator thing. So does it actually, does it actually, like, just, like, AI to determine what it'll be, or does it actually, like, fry it up? Yeah, they use, um, I think the system they're selling is just the mechanical part, so it'll take the potato, it cuts it into fries, it fries it, and then 
somewhere down the line, there's a image capture system where they take pictures of it and they check it against color. You know, is this color okay or is this too, you know, I don't know. It's basically potato so racism. So essentially, so essentially, all this is doing is automating making some fries and taking pictures of them yes to compare it is an instagram machine it's a it's a potato instagram machine yeah <laughs> my god they had another one of these which is the uh, the optimizer which is a little more technical this is their spraying system it was uh oh what was the booth number stand r40a and it's an rh3s product and it has a soil sensor system that decides, I don't know, is it, it's pulling data from all these sensors and it optimizes something. And I, I, as much as I like to think I'm, I'm interested in agriculture, but I'm not actually an Aggie, but, so I don't know exactly what it's trying to do. But it looks fucking cool. Like if you go, let me get the Interpalm uh, picture here and put it, put it in the chat. It looks like the stupid... Um, that game that was the sequel to Mist, what what was the name of that? It was by oh, Cyan man. Software. I... Where you're on the island, you go in the books, and you there was a tram that you took between the uh, Riven, Riven, right? Riven. Okay, there was a tram that you took between the uh, the um, different islands in that game, and it looks like the stupid chassis they have in the photo. That's all I could think of. So I wanted to. <laughs> Doesn't it? Do, doesn't it look like that? It's the second photo. I never down. played Riven, but uh, it has. It definitely has some sort of like feel like you would expect to see in in those games. You. It needed a potato subplot. In fact, it, what if? Oh my god! What if we made a game like Mist, but it was about potatoes? A three D point and click adventure game about potatoes. <laughs> about a potato farm. Oh man, this is this is too good. Anyway, that was it. There, the uh, the list has some funny names. It has a mechanical hom remover, which also had a funny looking picture. But I won't like. It. There's too many pictures already. But uh, it it'll pick like the stems off the potato plants, you know, automatically. So that kinds of cool stuff. Anyway, that was my potato news. There's your potato news update from Rare Encounter on this episode seventy one. Your potato news update. We need to actually get somebody to do a jingle for that. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Who would we get? I, I, maybe Elton? What about Cardi I B? Was thinking, Is she busy? I was thinking Dame Jennifer. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here's your hot with that, potato With that news. sexy voice of hers. And now, yeah, now it's time for some potato news. <laughs> don't get it in your eye. That's not what she sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get your blue shirt ready. It's potato news. All right. So next up, next up, how about we search for Planet Nine? Planet Nine. Pluto. You know how you know it's nope. Pluto? Because not of, Pluto. Because of its bark? Okay. Pluto has not cleared its local... It's local environment, so it's not Pluto. Planet. But they're still they're still looking for for a possible super Earth beyond Neptune, far beyond Neptune. And in fact, they have some ideas of where it might be. 
or not where it might be, but what its orbit might be, based on based on the weird orbits of like the weird but aligned orbits of the uh, trans-Neptunian objects. Uh huh. So the guy, the guys who've been proposing this have been they used the alignments of different uh, trans-Neptunian objects to determine the pop the potential location of planet nine and they're now going through survey data trying to find it hmm. survey data. in fact there was another thing i i i thought i'd put it into my notes but it looks like i must have forgotten or it fell out somehow somebody had i'd gone through the research they had done like 30 years ago and determined that a little blip that was ignored at the time might be a sign of planet nine. Oh, planet nine. I'm going to, I'm going to have to dig that article up and stick it into the show notes because that definitely goes along with this, but there's all he, the guy also said there's a good chance that it's not actually it and that it is just some random crap instead. Hmm. Yeah, so what we know about Planet uh, the Nine... Stu the, the stuff they had for imaging back around 1990 is not as good as the stuff they have these days. The uh, the thing you have to assume about Planet Nine is, first, it has to be far away, because if it was close, we would have noticed it by now. And second, it has to be yep. at least somewhat intermittent. Uh, so it has to be either in an elliptical orbit, or, I don't know, something has to be up with it, because otherwise we would have noticed it by now. <laughs> so... The fact that we haven't noticed it is almost like a component of the evidence uh, of, of where it can't be, you know? Yeah, we know a lot of places where it can't be, but there's plenty more places where it could possibly not be that we haven't been able to rule out. Yeah. Maybe we should stop looking at where it isn't and look for where it is. Yeah, but where's the science in that? <laughs> oh, there's some good... There's some good... Uh arguments for things that that we see uh evidence for things based on oh, i'm trying to think of a good example based on features that we don't see or that we can't see and i'm trying to think of it wasn't jj thompson it was the other guy i cannot think of his name for the life of me now it's gonna hit me as soon as the show's over like it usually does oh well he made a great well, argument. i found it <laughs> and i put the link in in our chat room Ah, tell me more. Probably the reason why I skipped it is because it was from Gizmodo. Oh, there you go. But, yeah. Uh, Gizmodo. Gizmodo.com. Yeah, they found something oh, weird beyond Uranus. <laughs> Hold on. I don't have the pedal. I have to click over to Reaper every time I do a stomp. Very difficult. Princess Tomato and the Salad Kingdom is a video game by Hudson. What? What the fuck is this? No, that's not it. <laughs> Servo is trolling us. <laughs> some other, some other link. What the fuck? That doesn't mean anything to me. On the heels, ooh, heels. Recent, <laughs> recent research that suggested a new potential hiding spots for Planet Nine, based on where it wasn't. Uh, Rowan Robinson revisited mm -hmm. the thirty-eight-year-old data and found three infrared sources that he says could be the theorized world. Now it's a world. It's, that's Gizmodo for you. 
It's a world. That's Gizmodo. In it, a in a world where a blip on an infrared plane <laughs> plate uh, means it was a planet we've never seen before. Okay, it could have been. Good job. It could have been something. It could have been it's a cosmic something, ray. Something out there. It was a muon. Whether particle. or not it's Planet Nine, we won't know for some time. It was a tachyon particle that blasted through the uh, through the image plate. It was a gamma ray. And it made a dot where they thought it was just, uh, they thought that it was going to be a infrared ray, but something else got through. Okay, never mind. Uh, yeah, yeah, Let, you're, let's quit while you're behind. Well, that's what happened with Kodak, though. That's, um, that's how they had the, uh, the nuclear bomb tests were, were found out by the Kodak Film Company before it was declassified. It was the exact same thing that I'm describing. Um, because they had defects inside their, uh, unphotographed film where some of the grains were exposed by these particles that were shown up. Every time they did a nuclear bomb test, uh, prior to, you know, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, they, all the Kodak film in the area had little errors in it. And the customers complained and an engineer started tracking it down and the, and he wrote a memo that said, well, there must've been like a giant fucking x-ray source in the, in the middle of this one place, <laughs> or I don't, or there's a manufacturing problem, you know? Well, it turns out there is a big, there is a big, uh, uh, ray source nearby and it was because they're blowing up atomic bombs in the middle of the desert and, so he yeah. found out before they declassified it. That was one of the evidences was not photographic plates, but the unexposed film that they sold had defects in the area that could have only been caused by uh, particles flying from nuclear radiation. So there, it's real. Not, not necessarily Babylon. from nuclear radiation, but from very powerful energy sources. Or we need to revisit this because I heard some stuff that I hadn't heard before about accelerating particles in, in the interstellar medium, which the idea... You mean we don't have to do them in cyclotrons here on Earth? The idea is that these particles come out at kind of normal velocities, but for some reason, something happens while they're traveling between, um, you know, galaxies, I guess, where they seem to accelerate. It's a, it's an observed phenomenon, and I don't know what the basis of it is, but, you know, for that explanation. I don't know what they makes it They get chased by riot particles. <laughs> Something happens, and they, they're trying to explain the fact they're moving faster than they should be. And it, ha it has to do with the probability distribution of particles that we, we observe not making sense with the current model of the universe. So I don't know. I was, ah. We should do some research sometime on rear encounter. Well, we, we know that we know that our model of the universe is is wrong. We just oh, yeah. don't know how it's wrong. Yeah, that's for certain. Anything anything that's an abstraction is at some level wrong. So there you go. Now, for some more for some more science crap. For some more dark matter. How about how about a brand new mineral from the center of the earth? A mineral? Can we get a mineral here? It's a mineral, not a mineral. I'm uh, just a mineral. And it's yeah, so and this, it's pronounced iodine this, also, not iodine. Okay. So this new mineral, Dave Mauite, was discovered inside a diamond that had come out of the Earth's mantle. That uh, this okay. diamond was found in Botswana, and inside, like generally with diamonds, 
there were some uh, impurities. And these impurities, or at least a, uh, one of them, was a different mineral that happens to not be able to exist at the pressure we have here on the surface of the planet. Okay. But can exist down in the lower mantle, some 660 kilometers beneath our feet. Uh-oh. Yeah. So they extract they extracted these crystals and used uh, mass spectrometry to determine what they were made of. Yes. They were car- calcium silicate that dissolved uh, like a second after the after it was exposed to Earth, just bul- expanded, bulged, and turned into glass. Because uh-huh. this particular mineral can only exist in this crystalline form in the sort of pressure where that diamond formed. And the only reason it's wow. continued to exist until it was extracted is because, of course, where the, di- the diamond itself is so highly compressed that it held together, right? Hmm. Dave Mo... Uh, how'd you say the name again? Dave Mowite. Dave Mowite. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Named after Dave. <laughs> yeah, actually, it is. Yeah, I love it. It uh, it uh. Named a- named after Ho Kwang Dave Mao at the Carnegie Institution for Science in Washington D.C. I love it. Uh, so on Rare Encounter, I have to ask more questions, which is, I don't think they're in the article. I'm scrolling up and down trying to see if they're in there. But what's the the uh, lattice? structure here is it like face center cubic or is it something else is it is it doesn't lattice? say it doesn't say so this, they, is, this is new article this is new scientist oh if my you God. want the actual details you need to go and read the actual journal journal article so they did mass spectrometry on it but they couldn't get an x-ray crystallographer it's a new crystal how come no one did x-ray crystallography on this shit we should know that by now because it didn't last long enough, apparently. Oh, no, no. It says, using x-rays, they discovered tiny crystals of another mineral. So that means that they did do x-ray crystallography. Uh, but they don't use the word crystallography in the article. Thanks, newscientist.com. All right. What's yeah, this so they started with x-rays. Then they, then they laser cut out the, uh, the crystals and used mass spectrometry. When they say x-rays, they mean x-ray crystallography, right? Not like, we took an x-ray of your hand, that kind of shit. I would would assume that's what they mean. I wish they'd use the right words. Damn it. That would be nice. How am I supposed to know what they really did? Okay. Fine. I I opened another beer when I muted myself, so I'm just going to drink that. (laughs) It'll be sour. We'll just have to find the... uh... Found found the paper. You found the paper. Hey, live on Rare Encounter, we're going to read uh, this uh, paper and how long before we figure out it's paywalled. One. I am not going to two, read the paper. I found three, it, but I'm not paying four, science for it. Five, so it is paywalled. There we go, five seconds. It is totally paywalled. It is paywalled as fuck. Five seconds, that's all it took. Yeah, I wouldn't pay them either. But I'm sure, I'm sure that... I'm sure that uh, enterprising people will find a copy of the paper that isn't paywalled 
If you got that uh, BitTorrent uh, journal site, you can get all those bootleg science papers. Library something, right? Whatever, something library. I'm going to get those bootleg x-ray spectrometry uh, plates. (laughs) Plates, they don't use plates. (laughs) CCD images, whatever they do. Yeah. Oh, well. You got anything else you want to bring out? Um, The only other thing that I had was... I'm gonna save it for next week because it's. I was gonna bring it today, but it's it just fits Sir Seat Sitter too well. So I've gotta get that. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna spoil it. I I'm not even gonna tell you what it is. But I'm gonna have a bit. All right. I'm gonna have a bit next week. Cause I got I got two more things, but we are running out of time. I'm wondering if I should bring them forward or not. One of them will take a bit of time, so I'm probably gonna push that off. But this other this other one is uh is pretty neat it's archaeology scottish archaeology scottish yeah so apparently they have they have been able to virtually reconstruct a large pictus fort that uh used to exist in moray scotland Ah. at a place called burghead (laughs) the biggest of heads well, it's uh, it's on the he- it's on the head of a peninsula, right? <laughs> there's a so it's a racist joke. I'm not gonna make. Oh, okay. Uh, let's move on. Get me out of this. Moving ah. on. So yeah, they they took a look at like what what's there on in the ground and on the ground and applied it versus what's actually there today, right? And they were able to they were able to determine like where the walls were and everything of this uh, of this like Pictish city fort, and it, it's pretty it's pretty neat stuff. They got nice pictures. I'm throwing a couple of them into the show notes. Oh, cool. Yeah. So i what I'm throwing in is the before and after, how they figured Berghead looked back in its heyday. And how Berghead looks now, and I mean, in some ways, like you can definitely, you can definitely see where some of these, uh, some of these signs are of the original, of the original fort, and uh, where there, where the pier is today. Of like, there's is like not exactly where the docks were then, but yeah, it's very interesting to look at and. It definitely looks like uh, definitely looks like the ground's risen up since then. Yeah. Uh, looking at the before and after. I like the. But, uh... I mean, that's that's to be expected. That's to be expected. Uh, I mean, pretty much all of Europe is still is still uh, showing glacial rebound from the last ice age. A little bit of bounty. You know, the Earth is like a big bounty yeah. fort. You know. You press it on one side, it bounces out on the other. It's like you squeeze a balloon, you know what I mean? Very true. Very, Very true. true. The Earth is like squeezing a balloon. Oh, my God. Somewhere, if you if you squeeze it too hard, it pops. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I don't want the Earth to pop. I just want to listen to Rare Encounter. Hey, I like Pop Goes the World. Thank you very pop much. Men Without Hats were great. Oh, God. Well, until the world pops, I'm Abel Kirby. And I'm Cold Acid. Keep it fruity, boys.
Adios. I had a good woman. But she laid down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman. But she laid down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't sad?